0: Hey, it's Taylor. We're going to re-air an episode this week that is actually our most downloaded episode of all time. We're going to go off the island a little bit. One more break from the content here in the off-season before we start ramping up a little bit. We'll have a very special episode for you next week with a special guest from Survivor Season 37, David vs. Goliath. But this off-the-island episode... It means a lot to me. If you've heard it before, you'll be familiar. If not, it is an interview with Scott Passarella, King of Pianists, Pianist of Kings, who actually improvised the theme song for this podcast and created a theme song for our other podcast, Natural Selection. And he is known, (laughs) to me at least, and hopefully to many other people, as the main musical accompanist accompanist (laughs) on the podcast Off Book. Uh, We've had Jessica McKenna on, obviously, who is part of that as well, to recap Some Survivor. And if I could just get into briefly why this episode and, and their podcast especially means so much to me. I had Scott on in November 2017. The Uh, The podcast came out November 13th, 2017. And at the time, I was about one year into working a job that was was hard on me. (laughs) I worked at a newspaper and, I mean, one version of it, a short version, is that I just was not cut out for it. There's like an emotional heft to writing about news with much of it being sad or depressing or dark that really weighed on me. And I felt like my skill as a reporter was having empathy for the people I was talking to and writing stories about. And I found it harder and harder to take all that in, whether it was sitting in a courtroom 10 feet away from a murderer or going on Facebook to find a family member of someone who just OD'd from drugs and trying to reach out to them. And these are stories that can help people and, and impact people. But I just was worn down by it. And I was in a small town, I didn't really know anybody, and I just found that I couldn't in good faith keep doing it, because I felt like when you reach a point where you're not feeling anything about what you're writing about, you're sacrificing your humanity for a newspaper, and that was a trade-off I didn't want to make. I respect journalists a lot. Obviously I went to school for journalism and I worked in the field for a little bit and I think it's a very important function in a democracy and in human storytelling, especially now, but um, I failed at it in that sense and while I was there, I felt very hopeless and like I said, I was just starting to not feel a lot of anything and As I drove 30 miles to work every day, I eventually was turned on to an episode of Comedy Bang Bang, a different podcast, an improv comedy podcast featuring Jessica McKenna and Zach Reno and a friend of mine named Luke Strawbridge from Lakeland, Florida, down the road with Jessica from last season, Uh, actually recommended it to me and said I should listen to it. And I'll insert in a little clip here because I just love it so much, of the very first thing that kind of changed the way I looked at the world in some ways and opened up the possibility of adults just playing and having fun and and what improv is. And essentially they are improvising a song with Manchester Orchestra, a band you might have heard of, as a character who's a wedding photographer or a high school senior portrait photographer of some sort and a guy who is the king of the dolphins or something i think we explain it a little bit in the episode you're going to hear but let me play a clip from that so you can hear a little bit of what i'm talking about they're making all this up uh, on the spot Uh, yes this is a song i wrote Uh,
1: Can everybody hold their breath longer than me? All my friends under, under the sea Have so many things I would like to say But I can't, cause I gotta come up for air every day Why can all my friends talk to each other? That whale has a brother, that whale has a mother But none of them can talk to me or tell me what they think I spend all my time with my head in the sink Trying to expand the amount of time I can hold my head underwater ooh. Trying to uh, expand the amount of time I can hold my head under water. Ooh!
2: Ooh! Wait, can you keep playing? Sure! Uh, are uh you... Yeah, do you mind? Are we edging? No, you no! Mind? Oh, do you mind? Do you mind? oh, my god,
3: this is unprecedented!
2: ooh, ooh! Ooh, ooh, ooh! ooh, ooh, ooh. ooh. ooh, ooh, ooh. ooh.
1: You know what I think might solve them? A picture with all the whales leaning against a column. Wow. (sighs) And rap breakdown. Hello, I'm the Lord of Wales. I could tell you aquatic tales of the time I was here under the sea. All of the whales harken to me. I'm talking baleen. Yes, you and you. Everyone from you to Shamu, get down. It's time to get silly. Everyone, it's time to free Willy. Oh, yeah, taking the
2: mic, of course. You know it's the photographer who's now a horse. horse. Got that big. Long ass neck Anderson, South Carolina, oh heck Meeting everybody deep of a 342 Meeting you, and you, and you, and you Taking a pick, you know I got Almost picks against the
1: collar Hey everyone, don't change the channel It's time for the Lord of Aquatic Mammals Here I am, don't be a pig Everyone knows whales well are very big And if you don't know what they are Here's a hurdle, picture in your head a turtle And now, just now don't laugh Stretch that turtle into a giraffe
2: Oh when we are all rubble Gonna have this thought coming up bubble. as a bubble You know I'd want to get with you. Give it up for Mentorster Orchestra Yeah that's it You
1: know I'll never quit. And if there is something to deserve us, we all have to swim a black mile to the surface. A black mile to the the surface.
0: surface. Wow. So... Naturally, when I first heard that, it like blew my mind, and I couldn't believe that that was possible. And through a series of events, I got into their podcast, which is an improvised musical podcast, and other improv podcasts. And through a random series of events, I wound up in contact with Scott, the pianist from this show. And I asked him if he wanted to come on my podcast and talk about what he does because improv was such a magical, mis mysterious thing, and he said, sure. And he was great. We talked for a long time and he brought his piano and it's just a fantastic interview. But the addendum I want to add to this now here in 2019, like actually today, this night, this very night, I am going to be in an improv show and it's not my first one. I've done several now and we're going to have musicians and we're going to improvise based off their songs. And my team is amazing. And it's so many funny people. And we get to go to different shows around Florida and festivals. And I've been doing it not quite a year now, probably like eight months. And I just love it. Like talking to Scott showed me that it was a thing that humans could do, which is not to say he's not a genius because he is. And eventually I got a job in Tampa, which is much larger of a city than where I was before. And I took an improv class and I kind of fell in love with it more. I mean, I still listen to all these podcasts I was talking about a lot too, but it's just something that's worked out well for me as therapy and as play and being able to let go of adult stress and bullshit and having fun with fun people and being in the moment with the audience building something insane and just letting everyone escape anything for a little while because we're doing it too and we're all kind of in this moment together and I just I love it a lot and it's crazy for me to look back more than a year later on this interview I did with Scott because I was very unknowledgeable about anything at the time. I'm sure I'm going (laughs) to listen back to this and be like, what a dumb question, but it's mind blowing to think about. And I'm just very thankful for the journey that I've been on so far. And I think, I guess my message is like, if you like doing stuff, go out and try it. If you are into stuff, um, that's why I started doing this podcast because it was just something that didn't feel like work to me. And, um, improv is the same way. So I'm, I'm just like really excited to listen back to this and hopefully inspire other people to just pursue joy and play and to find positivity today because it seems harder to find in our country's narrative a lot of times. So I'm, I'm rambling, but um, I hope you enjoy this Off the Island interview with Scott Passarella from Off Book. I'm really glad to bring it back. And I just want to thank him again for coming on and being very supportive of us over the years even though he doesn't watch Survivor. And I'm obviously thankful to Jess McKenna and and Zach Reno and producer Dana Wickens and everyone involved over there at Earwolf for this like impact they've had on me and and many other people I know from from being a fan of the show that it's been very important to a lot of people. And uh, I just hope that uh, you guys get something like that out of our podcast every now and again some enjoyment, something that adds to your survivor-watching experience. So get ready, stay subscribed for next season, go rate and review, go find our other podcasts on Pixar movies called Natural Selection. We will be back next week with a very special interview, like I said. For now, enjoy this re-air of our November 2017 interview with Scott Passerella, King of Pianists, Pianists of Kings. <laughs> Hello, and welcome. (laughs) I am Taylor Gaines. You are on the island now. We are not the Foxworthy podcast anymore.
3: Well, what what happened? I thought I was on the Foxworthy (laughs) podcast. I know the fans
0: are confused and clamoring. (laughs) Oh my god. But uh, if you've been with us before, welcome back. We're same old show. We're going to talk about Survivor and TV and movies, and we're going to add some fun podcast stuff, which we'll talk more about in a minute, actually. But if you're new, If this is your first time joining us, hello, I'm Taylor Gaines. I just said that. This is On the Island. And today, we have a uh, very special episode. Look, you've heard of Bach and Mozart and Beethoven, right? So today, I'm honored to be joined by the next in that great line of brilliant musical minds. You know him from, I guess if you live in LA, I don't, but... (laughs) You know him from the Second City, UCB, various other improv shows all around town. But you could definitely know him no matter where in the world you are. You could know him from Off Book, the Improvised Musical podcast with Zach Reno and Jessica McKenna on the Earwolf Network. Except here on the island, we gave him a microphone. Yay! It's Scott Passarella. Hey,
3: guys! I
0: get to play my own introduction music. (laughs) So and you can sing now too if you want too. I
3: know it's so weird. I don't know what to do. It's
0: it's this is all foreign and weird to me. Yeah, but I guess you didn't push very hard when you guys were I don't want the kind to get the no, podcast man. started as far. That's
3: as, that's like that's like being the guy who like didn't negotiate to dig the ditch. I'm fine with just <laughs> standing there and go, "You guys keep digging. Good job." Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, so for those who haven't heard of Off Book I'm sorry. Yeah, first, yeah, first of all, I'm sorry. It's really, and I don't say this just because I have a guest from the podcast on my show. I think it is.
3: To be clear, I'm not saying it because I'm on it either. I think
0: Jess and Zach are freaking amazing. So. (laughs) Well, yeah, and I, I think it's the best podcast that I've ever heard. I'm not, I'm not going to fight you on that, Taylor. Go ahead, fight me.
3: I, I have nothing to back this up. No,
0: I can't do it. Can't be done. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is exactly what it sounds like. They come on every week and they improvise a musical. And as anyone who has listened to it knows, because it's an audio podcast, they really are able to go in whatever direction they want. (laughs) And, uh, you know, me and Scott were talking about this before we started recording. Like, you could have staplers become characters or any animal you want.
3: I I just am always assuming that if I hear a thing mentioned in the show, it's going to be alive and talking and singing at some point. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's uh, it's just really amazing. It started on July 25th with Paul F. Tompkins, who.
3: Oh yeah, like what a great way to start! Where it's like, oh, the guy from. I was every saying, people pop- might yeah. know
0: him. He's uh, Mr. Peanut Butter on BoJack Horseman for like the super mainstream people. He's all over uh, Comedy Bang Bang, and uh, he's even been on Curb Your Enthusiasm once or twice, I think. Oh, nice. So yeah. I, that was where it started back in July. I actually had a friend of mine who is like a diehard Earwolf fan, basically. Comedy Bang oh, Bang yeah. and all that stuff. Dude, why not? It's good stuff. He mentioned it to me because I was telling him that I had just recently discovered uh, Comedy Bang Bang, which is probably a lame thing to say because it's been around for like 10 years.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I had a friend telling me the other night, they were like, I just discovered cereal. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you n- don't tell anyone that. You're just going to make yourself
0: sad. <laughs> And uh, yeah, and I was telling him I was like, "Oh my god, this podcast is so funny! It's just so stupid. They're always just joking around and improvising, and like, it's amazing how they come up with all this stuff." And he was like, "He was like, you really gotta listen to this episode they just did for this new podcast called Off Book." And I was like, "Well, oh, okay." And basically, I don't know if you've heard this, Scott, but it was Zach and Jess on comedy bang bang
3: i i have been meaning to and i have not heard it i have not heard it i've heard it's very good but i'm not surprised there
0: yeah i mean basically yeah. what happens is maybe i'll edit in a short clip of this but they please do, yeah they are on there with manchester orchestra and they start improvising a song and then scott is like rap breakdown scott ackerman the host yeah. of comedy bang bang not scott passarella <laughs> and rap breakdown <laughs> Hello,
1: I'm the Lord of Wales. I could tell you aquatic tales of the time I was here under the sea. All of the whales hearken to me. I'm talking baleen. Yes, you and you. Everyone from you to Shamu, get down. It's time to get silly.
0: Everyone, it's time to free Willy.
1: Oh, yeah, taking
2: the mic, of course. You know it's the photographer who's now
0: a horse. Yeah, I was just like in awe. I had to like pull over my car so I would not crash from all the tears that were in my eyes from crying laughing. <laughs> I'm, glad you were, I'm glad
3: you were, we're about which
0: happens a lot with off book, by the way. I think you guys are a danger to the road.
3: I'm sorry, it's it's our <laughs> secret intent. Yeah, we're out to kill.
0: I'm spending too much time sucking up. You know, I'm I'm being honest, but uh, but we should get into it. But but basically, I heard it there, and then I listened to the podcast, and it's just crazy. And now it's reached the point where I guess Broadway stars are into it too.
3: Uh yeah man it's super crazy to have someone walk in who's like oh I'm a regular
0: professional <laughs> who does not make this shit up. Say so in the last couple of weeks they've had uh, King George from Hamilton not the original I think the or maybe he was the original I can't yeah, remember. I think
3: I think he's like number we had like the fourth king and like the seventh Alphaba or something which I don't <laughs> yeah, care. We had other king and Alphaba two yeah, amazing
0: amazing voices to throw on there but and yeah and if you're wondering if you haven't figured it out yet Scott. His role on the show is playing the music itself. I do.
3: Yeah, a lot of it. Except it sounds much better normally. Yeah,
0: Yeah, so his work probably goes underappreciated because people are just amazed by Zach and Jess coming up with uh, songs and words and stuff. But Gott's the one setting the bass line, right? I I
3: suppose so. I mean, it's like a three-way. Sometimes they will just start pushing towards something. I'll be like, Okay, I guess that's what we're doing a song about. Becoming a bear that wants to be a pig. I don't know or whatever. Yeah. Uh no, I'm glad you made me come on here because having to re-listen to all that crazy like and just like those little clips, it was like, oh man, what are
0: we doing? Uh it gives you some fresh perspective. It's working it's working for me at least. Oh good. But yeah, if you haven't listened to it, definitely check it out. If not, hopefully our conversation <laughs> And I'll layer some clips in here. Hopefully, that'll make you want to check it out. It's a great podcast.
3: Yeah, uh, I'm gonna do uh, something. I think I'm required to do every 10 second or 10 minutes. Survivor,
0: huh? Survivor. What do you want to know? No, nothing. I just want to mention it, so I feel like I'm on top. <laughs> Are you wondering okay. if it's still on TV? Because that's the question I get most.
3: Uh, I think I know it is because a friend of mine does like a lot of the challenges and like writing for it. So he's pretty in the know. In the know. So I'm secondarily like. Oh, really? I'm aware of what's happening on the outsides of Survivor. I have no idea what's happening on TV with it. So he
0: writes about it, or he writes.
3: Uh, he does. He makes uh, some of like the challenges that they do. Like he's he basically designs games for things. Oh so, wow! Like we, he just we... makes like weird like. This is your scavenger hunt. This is your team challenge. <laughs> Again, I've watched it. Like w- I've watched it once.
0: Don't tell anyone. I'm like the worst person. Yeah, we got to get him on the island with us. <laughs> yeah, be... dude. Good behind the scenes, but I also, uh, while I was researching for our interview, actually, I was there's not there's not a lot on the internet about Off Book yet, obviously. Yeah. But I found an old Reddit AMA, that Ask Me Anything, that I don't, if people don't know Reddit, semi-famous people basically go on there and take questions sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I guess Jess was on there, and someone had asked her. This was months ago. Uh, if you had your own podcast, what would it be? Because I guess she was rising in popularity among Earwolf fans with uh, her appearances on Comedy Bang Bang and stuff. Yeah. And she was like, oh, well, my number one choice would probably be uh, an improv musical podcast, <laughs> which was obviously prophetic. But yeah. she also said that uh, it, her second choice would be to do a Survivor podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's so funny. So uh, Just another person we have to have. And she she just has to come on and talk Survivor with us, apparently. Yeah, right? That'd be super easy. (laughs) But yeah, so I mean, I guess before we dive into the podcast real quick, tell me about your musical background and improv background and just sort of how you wound up where you're at.
3: (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. It's like a very situation-specific thing. I... Played piano from, like, age four till forever, and then uh, at 15, I started doing comedy sports at my high school, and it was, like, improv, and then I did it for a few years and joined, like, another team when I was in college, and then they were like, hey, we don't have a pianist for our shows, and you play piano, do you want to try it? So I did that for a year, and then after a year, they were like, okay, you're good enough to do it for real, why don't you have a job doing it? And so basically from that, I just started doing it a lot more, but I think what has helped me the most is that I actually... Do like improv on stage, so I kind of know where people are. Hopefully, trying to go, or at least I'm like, I'm able, I'm hopefully able to read their moves. And if I'm not, it's just as funny anyway. Because who knows? So it's all kind of a educated guessing game.
0: Where are you? Where are you from and stuff?
3: Uh, like Orange County, California, and then I moved to L. A. about 15 years ago because I was tired of living with my dad and my friend. Needed someone to share his one-bedroom apartment with him. Take that, Dad. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm gonna live in a shitty. uh, I think I slept on a beanbag for a good year, but it was worth it. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, and then after that, I just stayed in Los Angeles, and there's obviously a ton of improv theaters up here. So I just slowly started meeting more people and doing more musical improv, and now you can actually make
0: a living just doing improv, right?
3: It's pretty exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I, and I oh, I will say this right now: the worst thing about being like an improv coach or like an improv accompanist is that you know you're not like showing up to like a rich corporation and being like, ah, just have the bursar write me a check. It's like everyone in the group hands each other eight dollars and they all <laughs> hand it to you, and you're like, oh my god, I can see, I can see me sucking money away from you, and it feels so lame. Uh, Listen, but it,
0: I'm a journalist. I get it.
3: Yeah, fair enough. Right. I I, uh,
0: I, I, go, to, <laughs> I go to I go to county meetings, and there's free lunch there, and I'll just stuff it all in my backpack. and I'm... Yeah, man.
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's been the best thing, actually. like The few things that I have been getting to shoot that are like, I don't know, not quite TV, but they're internet videos, so they're treated like TV, and there is breakfast, and there is lunch, and I <laughs> love it, and there is as much coffee as I can drink.
0: Uh, I'm not too proud. Did you have any big... I, I see a Clash poster on your wall. Do you, do you oh, have yeah. any big like, musical influences? I mean, like... I could give you the timeline where it's
3: basically like from most of my kid years I didn't like listen to the radio on my own so it was Beach Boys and like oldies and classical music from my mom so like very early on I got like melodies pretty well ingrained plus I was like playing piano all the time but I didn't learn anything about classical and then, sometime around my teenage years, I discovered that the radio could go on in my room and I could listen to stations that I wanted to listen to. So, I got, I very much uh, went through every phase you could as an Orange County kid. I went through my ska phase, my punk phase, a uh, going swing dancing and listening to swing bands when that was a thing in the 90s uh, phase. Briefly going to raves and wearing giant Jinko pants. So like, whatever happened there. And then uh, around age 25, I started to realize that pop music was not as bad as my angsty teenage self, <laughs> Punk, wanted it to be. So now I just kind of listen to everything with sort of like, a, I can appreciate this and this is fun for different reasons. Like, I've been to a metal concert and I've been to, like, a, an opera. So it's, yeah, I feel like everything's worth listening to nowadays. Plus I have to like,
0: yeah, I mean, my Spotify discover weekly playlist somehow spits out 30 new things every week. So that's not a free advertisement, but you know, there's definitely a lot of stuff out there.
3: Yeah, I know. It's insane, man. I have uh, this playlist I listen to on Spotify as well. And it's like, I think 10,000 songs from different movie soundtracks. And I'll just put Mm -hmm. it on shuffle. And it's like, the best way to drive.
0: Oh, movie yeah. soundtracks is the only way I get any writing done at work.
3: Oh, but, it's it's the best, man. But I digress. Yeah. <laughs> anyway,
0: so you you got a piano in front of you, just just in case. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Is there anything we need to know about it? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not a piano expert. I have a...
3: no. I mean, it's a it's technically an electronic keyboard. I don't know. There's not much I would uh, like
0: tell people other than like
3: don't buy a real piano. It's hard to move upstairs. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. do you use you use an electronic keyboard on the show as well
3: yeah it's actually this one i bring in because uh oh, it's cool. a uh it's got a nice feel it's a nord electro so it feels very like it feels the most like a piano of the key so we have, have the
0: the real life off book you
3: have piano oh, awesome. here yeah uh some sometimes it's this sound sometimes it's this sound i try and vary it up just because i don't want it to always feel the same yeah
0: well i have a 26 key Keyboard sitting over in the corner. I could play you like two songs from La La Land. That's about it.
3: That's awesome. (laughs) Just like a little MIDI. And that's great, man. I just figured out like one section of that song for like a comedy bit. But like, again, that's what I usually (laughs) do is people will be like, can you just play me two bars of this and I'm going to sing something lurid instead of the normal lyrics? Like that's mostly my job.
0: So. (laughs) So tell us how this came together. Obviously, you have a lot of background in improv. How did this make its way to you and get started
3: yeah well uh zach and i had been doing a ton of like one act uh musicals at quick and funny musicals at uh, ucb and he would write stuff and i would co-write with him uh so we'd learned just to like musically trust each other pretty implicitly and he and ha- does
0: that take more work than people would think
3: Not necessarily. I think you just meet people and you're like, oh, I get that you get what I get. We're going to be able to speak the language very easily. And there are other people who are like, don't speak the language the same way as me at all, but are super fun in their own way, where I'm like, great, you do your walk and I will do mine and we'll find a way to meet halfway. So, uh, yeah, but uh, my favorite thing Zach ever wrote was a uh, Hamilton-esque musical about Thomas Paine but it featured all the music of t-pain and it was uh it's masterful uh i think it's online somewhere but i say can worth, people
0: find that yeah oh
3: god it's worth listening to man it that and the uh, rachel bloom sugar ray musical she wrote uh where it's him and her as like a tortured couple and they're just doing a bunch of sugar ray songs as like a musical <laughs> Anyway, so, like, we'd had a shit ton of fun together, and then he and Jess had been, like, rapping together and doing their own thing forever, and I know Jessica because I went to high school... With her older brother and her older sister, like, we graduated together, and, like, I think I graduated the year that Jessica came into my school, so we sort of, like, knew each other, but secondarily, uh, and then we started working together with a group called Story Pirates, and we did, like, a few shows together and just clicked, and it was super easy, and she also wrote, like, a few, like, kick-ass rap songs about, like, Santa Claus on a motorcycle, or, like, this <laughs> is the dumbest thing, man, but that's, uh, it was all children's theater, so it was very much like, of course. It's going to be silly.
0: So it all came full circle.
3: Yeah, we've all had we've all had a chance to play around with each other enough already before it started. That by the time we walked into a room, I think like after the second time, we were like, oh, hey, this we're doing all right. This is working.
0: And Rachel Bloom from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, right?
3: Uh, yeah, she used to. I used to get to do a few shows with her before she became a gigantic (laughs) star.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, I haven't seen much of that show, but I think she basically does a musical almost every week on that show.
3: Oh, uh, oh not almost every week. Like, she has, I think, on a weekly basis guaranteed at least one number. Uh, and, she's very, and she's very good about, like, pulling genres and, like, making fun of specific things, yeah.
0: But yeah, so was it like you guys brought this to Earwolf people or... There was, like, a conversation going on? or.
3: Uh, so that is the part where I was going to say, eventually in this podcast, you're going to get to the point of stuff I have no idea about, and Zach and Jess take <laughs> care of it. I just sort of show up, and I'm like, hey, oh, cool, we're doing a thing at some festival. So they festival. basically said,
0: hey, Scott, we want you to do this. Uh, yeah, like,
3: sure. I said, "Are you kidding me?" Absolutely. I, I, you have no idea how satisfying it is to like play a million shows where you'll do like a three-minute song and it goes away forever, and now it's like recorded and anyone can listen to it again. It's
0: a very different. Uh... We'll talk about this, but one of the things that amazes me about it is Zach and Jess always joke about, "Oh, and now it's over forever. This show's never gonna happen again." <laughs> yeah. And, at the same time I've listened to each episode like two or three times, so <laughs> you know Yeah Take it or leave it I guess. <laughs> but yeah, I mean so To be clear, the show has not been cancelled. Everyone please keep listening. It's
3: uh <laughs> yeah, it's gonna go for a
0: while. Right. I think I think what they're saying is in, in their heads it's gone and like like you said, when you guys are done, it's gone from your heads. <laughs> oh, absolutely.
3: No, I feel so bad every time someone, like, compliments a specific song. Because like, I'm like, I don't, I don't know where in the timeline of what episode that is, but thank you. I don't even remember that lyric. Yeah.
0: And we're going to use some specific songs as jumping off points here. We'll. I'll, yeah.
3: Like I but... said, I've been doing a little research, so I hope I can keep up.
0: <laughs> but uh, But, yeah, so... The first thing I want to ask you before we get into the specific stuff, which you were just alluding to, and maybe we'll get more into this as we listen to some examples, but one thing I noticed, like, with the Comedy Bang Bang episode that I just mentioned, there's a line in it where they do this callback to something Jessica's character has been doing the whole episode, where she likes to take graduation pictures of people leaning against columns or something. All right. She's interested in, like, they always have to be leaning against a column. (laughs) And Zach is lord of the whales in this bit and like he's yeah because okay, why or wouldn't something. he be yeah naturally. Yeah. <laughs> yes and he has something about how he's gonna take a picture of a bunch of whales in the song and right before the line she jumps in and they sing the line together and it's like i've got
1: so many whale problems you know what i think might solve them a picture with all the whales leaning.
0: they do stuff like this all the time where they kind of can tell where the other person's going and they jump in and I'm wondering how you guys do that as a group where it's like how do you how do you and like i said we can talk about this more specifically but i'm wondering how you guys do that where how you work toward and maybe this is just years of improv and music and whatever but how do you know where each other's going where you can sort of guide them along musically and where yeah. they can where they can cut in and like finish each other's sentences like how does that develop it's sort i mean everything we're doing is let's be honest with ourselves probably
3: coming from something or somewhere that we've heard, like, I make it a point to, like, not get arty with the shit I'm playing. I try and make what I'm playing sound at least, like, of a familiar vibe and, uh, I think it's just one of those things where you listen to enough songs and particularly with those guys where they've improvised enough where they know, like, oh, you need to sing this song and then you need to stop here, because if you don't you'll never get to breathe. Ah, oh great, I just said, and then, like, they'll use that also to like find easy ways to like make it sound like they're rhyming a bunch when they actually only have to do it like once every four lines you know right but Zach and Jess have a creepy level of like uh mind melding where I'm like I get how it normally works where I'm like if I'm talking about breakfast and I want you to say toast I'll like say ghost in the first half so you figure it out (laughs) but like They'll literally not just predict the last word, but they'll predict like six words in. Music. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's just both of them following what they think is the most natural playful instinct, and it just—I think that's part of the reason they click so well—is they just kind of tend to guess in the same areas. I think they have the same vibe for music. So.
0: Yeah, and I think you—I don't—you weren't there for the Now Hear This festival, right?
3: Was that the one in New York? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I was going to have to finish a class that week, so I was not yeah. able to be there, yeah.
0: Because the, that, that episode was a good example of something that, to me, it sounds like Jess is usually the one driving the boat on this, but, like, bringing everything back together full circle at the end in a weird way. Where yeah. she always, like, will bring something back in that was you know, at the beginning or like the title that they make up at the intermission or whatever. Oh, that's
3: always my favorite moment of every show is watching their (laughs) panicked faces as they're like, and we'll be right back. Uh, Runaway Brad or whatever it is. You know. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, uh, There was a couple episodes where they stopped doing that. And I was like, they have to keep doing that. Yeah. Yeah. It got too easy,
3: I think, for them at one point. So,
0: but yeah, like you're saying, there's something like on your website where it talks about how you do these improv workshops? I don't know if you still do these.
3: Uh, yeah, every now and again, not as often, but yeah.
0: And one of the things you list here is stressing content rather than rhyming structure, which I think is sort of what you're talking about, right? Where it's like,
3: y- yeah, they' I'd much rather them like, and they would rather this too. Like, if they're gonna say a line that's just funny in its idea, that's gonna be way more fun than like, sure, you rhymed some words, but who cares, you know?
0: Yeah, and like, how, do you, how are you consciously having to? leave room for them to work over you rather than trying to i don't know overdo it somehow on your end
3: oh yeah it's very easy to overdo like i don't want to like play a melody line for them like
0: give example or something
3: yeah yeah like generally like if i'm like giving them like here's the beginning of their song when they start singing you'll just kind of like do this and let them fill it in and when they breathe i'll fill in just to kind of like and allow them to sing their line again and then fill in yeah so
0: it's very much see just scott like, can sing too yeah i can do it yeah i can
3: <laughs> sing not as well as them Great.
0: yeah <laughs> but yeah actually that's one of the questions that the funny thing about this podcast i was mentioning that a friend of mine had told me about it and i actually my parents have even started listening to it and my mom said that she was crying laughing listening to an Yay! episode recently the fact that this can reach across generations is pretty great. <laughs> it's for parents. It's for, it's for everyone. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> but the reason I bring that up is uh, the first question my mom had for me was, are they, as you were just giving that example of sort of leading them in and letting them play, sing and stuff, you were kind of nodding at me. And I'm wondering sort of what the interplay is on a physical level because oh. like, my mom is like, oh, they must be like taking notes or like outlining or something at, before they start or as they go along.
3: Yeah, well, for me, like, I don't know how those two keep up with their own plot. Like, half the time, I forget who the characters are. Uh, But I think the only thing we've ever done is, like, at the break, we'll sometimes go, okay, wait, what's everyone named again? Because that's the thing you forget the most is, like, what everyone's name is. And you, I guarantee have heard it, like, happen live in a show where it's like, nope,
0: you are Dimitri, and I'm this other guy. Right. So they're not actively, like, taking notes or anything? No,
3: they're not. It's, uh, I think it's one of those things where they just get, it's one thing to talk about a character, but like when you're bothering to like live in it and do this stupid voice, it's pretty hard for you to forget about them within the hour. (laughs) within two hours, absolutely. You won't remember a thing, but, uh, (laughs) it's one of those things where I think it's like visceral enough that it becomes easier to remember than just normal speech, you know?
0: Right. Uh, Yeah. So they're not writing down character names or like, they're pretty uh, much just doing it. No, no, they wouldn't have time. Yeah.
3: Uh, yeah, they, yeah. Again, like I think at one point we tried putting names on a whiteboard, <laughs> and we just gave up because we're like, I don't know. It, we didn't write them down. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's really just a question of them being in it and sort of just riding that wave until it's done.
0: And I guess that's probably something that people who are into improv would understand more than normal people, right?
3: Uh, Yeah, but I think it's like if you were a runner, you'd be the same way where you're like, oh man, when you just get into that runner zone and you can just go, you feel your legs burning, but you don't care. I feel like it's very much in that wheelhouse of just like at some point the training kicks into where you don't have to think about it. And once they don't have to think about it, that's when I think they're having the most fun because they can just sort of open their mouths and be like, this feels like the right thing. And it is.
0: So are you interacting with them physically as it goes on, like, nodding or shaking your head or, like, pointing or something? Like, how, how are you?
3: Uh, very, really. Because, like, uh, imagine, like, we're at the uh, – in the podcast room. Like, there's a table in front of me and Zach's, like, over there. Jess is over there. And I'm here. So we're mostly, and again, like, we do it all sitting down, which I'm shocked by, because people have been like, oh, it sounds like you're dancing. I'm like, no, we're not. We're just (laughs) sitting there, Uh, which is terrible for breath support. But uh, it's one of those things where normally I'll just be playing, and they'll generally be listening. But every now and again, like, Zach will have to look over to me and be, like, physically, like, with his finger, like, where is the beat? And I'll kind of, like, nod my head heavily. So we'll kind of, like... Yeah, we'll do a little bit of conductor back and forth every now and again, but once we're, like, in a pretty decent zone, we all know that the music is going to happen in fours and probably have, like, chords that aren't insane. Like, I wouldn't, like, if Zach was singing, I wouldn't do this to him. Like, or I might, I don't know. But (laughs) but that would be, like, an exception to the rule, I think.
0: I was re-listening to one this morning where he got mad at you because you didn't resolve a chord or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's that
3: whole, like... i'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna make everyone very angry
0: all right now that's fine (laughs) yeah um, but yeah, and you guys aren't outlining at all before you start either, right?
3: Oh, no, it's way more fun just to kind of like, yeah, let the guest talk. And sometimes we'll pull something brilliant. Sometimes we'll pull something really stupid. But uh, yeah, going from there, it's just that thing of like, once we do that first number, it's a pretty clear like, okay, this, this is kind of the path we're choosing to walk down, but we don't really know where it's gonna go. Yeah.
0: yeah there was one recently i think it was with king george actually it was rory o'malley right? oh yeah and, and he, he was a delight zach said something about we take you now to a chemical plant or something and then and then the music didn't start and jess is like oh he's he's shaking his head vigorously like he doesn't actually want this to be the thing <laughs> i don't know if you remember that one either but
3: I mean, yes i vaguely recall that i i was sure they were gonna edit that out i think i don't know <laughs>
0: Yeah, so, like, when it starts, every episode starts, they'll have a brief conversation with their guests, and then they'll kind of get into it. Are you the one who initiates? Do they initiate? Like, how does it usually kick off?
3: Most of the time, I will start playing when one of them has said something that I'm like, oh, I can imagine an inspiring idea behind that. Do you know what I mean? Like, if someone's like, my car was red, I'm like, yeah, that's nothing. But they're like, man... I had one fucking sweet car when I was 17, i I'll be like, oh great, it's like, it's whatever that is. And I'm
0: guessing it also has to be a certain amount of time too, so you guys can actually start. But
3: yeah, we don't want to like, we actually want to let the person like talk for a minute and sort of just yeah. like get comfortable, and plus it's, you know, we're going to be singing for a long time, <laughs> no hurry. So, yeah,
0: so, so speaking of getting started, yeah. let's jump into it. I want to jump into it with the opening number to the entire uh, <laughs> series actually. Oh god, and okay. I think, I heard it alluded to on a couple episodes, I think, that Mary Holland might have been the first one that you guys actually recorded. But
3: uh, yeah, I think, the, I think the order they were released was not the original order, but like, why wouldn't you lead with Paul F. Tompkins, I was right? going to say, but Paul yeah. F.
0: Tompkins' Shrugging Destiny was the name of his uh, episode.
3: So dumb and good. It was great. And
0: I'm going to play a clip from that opening number here to uh, kick Please. us off. You gotta crush a kid's
1: dreams Ah yes, okay To watch them fly You gotta take their wings and rip them off And when they ask you why You tell them you are not good at this You gotta do something else So take that dream you have And put it on a fucking shelf
2: Oh, uh, hi, Dad Uh, hi. Bradley yeah
3: stop okay yeah yeah yeah. talking yes so
2: you can tell me how great it was you were bad
3: no What? yeah Uh, I'm glad it makes me laugh still yeah it's so
0: I'm glad it still makes me laugh that is just yeah well actually let me I think the part I might want to use is (laughs) is Paul's part so let me let it play to that because yeah uh, go for
3: it yeah
0: because his moment here is like and improv, like an improv and musical thing at the same time. That if you're like, if you know it's an improv podcast, you can kind of tell the layers that are going on. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like he's not quite ready to start, but like you're playing and he's. Kevin, here, I'll, I'll let, I I I'll really let it. go like
3: I, com- I, I felt
1: like emotionally connected to the world and I never have before. Ke- Kevin, you were great. Steve, you
2: were great. I really felt like we were blossoming out of our shells and realizing new parts. Of our Shut system.
1: up, you two! I got something to tell you. And I'm going to tell you in one second. What? <laughs> oh, my God, he's really gearing up. Oh my God. steam coming out of his ears. Well, you should be
3: ashamed. Huh? Because I know I am. Oh! When I saw you prancing around that stage, I wanted to get swallowed by a giant clam. I am just sick. <laughs> Stick to my guts. All right, you You've got <laughs> to equip this
0: nonsense. Oh my God, I can't no imagine a better way to start promise. an entire Whoa. podcast series. Uh,
3: um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, what is your question exactly? Uh, <laughs> <What's> I, wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't even know how to begin, but uh,
0: I know. I feel like we could have probably just picked one song and talked the whole episode about it. But I guess my qu- initial question <laughs> my initial question with the first song is like how do you try to set the tone when you're like cuz what's interesting to me about that song and they do this too with the way they're singing uh-huh. is it actually sounds like an opening number to a musical where like the music is kind of big and and like happy yeah. and and they're all kind of like jumping in and doing all their character openings and stuff and like how do you approach the beginning on your end when you're playing I'm like whew, that's a it's that's a hard question
3: uh it is basically Again, that thing of, like, I've heard enough musicals, I've seen enough openings where I do know it has to be, like, at least upbeat or kind of big and energetic, so generally there's a few things that'll inform what I'm playing, which is, like, if they're like, uh, we enter, like, a a failing mall, like, for me, immediately, like, that takes me somewhere into, like, Depression-era jazz of where I'm like, or, or whatever it is, but, uh... Again, if it's like, uh, we enter, it's a bustling street mall, it's very much just that thing of like, if there's no emotional energy to the space or there's like no particular genre to it, I find it really hard. If someone's like, we enter a house. Okay, what about the house? Uh, and it looks like shit, you know. And then you're, like, it becomes a lot easier to kind of make those decisions from there, so...
0: That's interesting. So you you do use details to, like, help you form the style that you want to use and stuff?
3: Yeah, I kind of treat it as, like, halfway between, like, I think what you do with film score, where you're trying to, like, play music to fill the emotion. But what's happening with this is that, like, nine times out of ten, that emotion is just getting amplified for three minutes. So, like, someone will be talking about whatever they want, and then the moment they're like, ah, but, you know, I do have dreams of my own... And then basically from there, yeah. it's just like, that could be the beginning of just like some score that was going to play out under someone's monologue. But what ends up happening is it just kind of like stays in rhythm and they kind of like tuck their way into like singing about what they want to have or, you know,
0: they, <laughs> right.
3: want, to, they want to be where the people are or whatever they
0: want. It's interesting you mentioned jazz too, because my friend Luke, who actually introduced me to this show was saying like, he, he's got a band himself i think he dabbles in all kinds of musical stuff oh man he was like it sounds like scott has like a lot of jazz influences i it's so funny that like yeah i'm glad he said
3: influences because i've had a million people be like oh are you a jazz pianist i'm like no And I'm always deathly afraid that someone who really knows how to play jazz piano is listening, and they're hearing, like, (laughs) my made-up bullshit, like, I think that's a jazz chord, but I have no idea, man. I have, like, a chart that's been sitting collecting dust in my room for three years that tells you all about nines and elevens and thirteens, but you don't really need that for the purposes of musical improv, thank freaking God. So I can kind of get away with just, like... And, like, that sounds jazzy enough, but I, I'm not going to lie to you. The reason I play jazzy is twofold. A, it's a lot easier to cover mistakes when you're playing a lot of notes and no one can hear them as clearly, so... <laughs> uh, but secondarily, it's also one of those things where I've played, you know, uh, probably over, like, a couple thousand improvised songs, and after a while, like, you want to start finding ways to just have, like... Or, like... It's all the same chords again and again. Or it should be. Do you know what I mean? Because, like, most pop songs don't want to use weird chords, and most musical theater lends itself towards pop. But, uh... Yeah, I haven't gotten quite into, like, you know, modern musicals, uh, as far as, like, how crazy, like, Stephen Schwartz would get, but... yeah.
0: Do you worry that you're, like, repeating yourself when you forget All the time!
3: Stuff? All the time! Oh, wait, do I worry that I'm repeating myself, like, in different shows?
0: Well, because you said, like, you forget improv all the time after you play it. Like, do you worry that you're going to play, like, something you've already played before?
3: I mean, yes, all the time, but I... have It's one of those things where it will never be quite the same. And the beautiful thing is, even if I'm doing the same chords that I've played for another song, whatever they start singing over those chords are immediately going to change how it plays out from there. Because, like, I'm very much a believer in the idea that, like, I'm going to make one move with intent and be intending to keep walking this way, but the moment it seems like I should pivot this way, that's what I'm going to do, so...
0: Another question I had regarding the you gotta crush a kid's dreams.
3: We are monsters, by the way. The things we say about children on that podcast (laughs) are just the
0: worst. But are there rules when you guys start? Like, are there ways that you're trying to limit yourself? Uh, you know, it's, it's a funny thing you ask that people will
3: come in as guests in the show and they'll basically ask like so what do we do and uh, the best way I think I've heard them describe it is it's basically we're doing a normal attempt at just a long form musical with like trying to keep it in traditional like following character beats and storylines but like the moment something seems like the funner idea go for it I think is the basic advice so what I think works about it well is that like they know the rules we've all learned the rules of musical improv and like taking classes and taught classes. but we also know them well enough to feel comfortable breaking them at any point. And like we know how we're breaking the rules, so it kind of is a thing where we're like, aha okay, we're not doing that rhyme, even though we set it up.
0: So Zach and Jess describe the show as normal to people?
3: Yeah, uh, depending on who the guest is. Like, I think uh, Drew Tarver had had, like, experience doing long-form improv on the UCB stage, and I think musical improv as well. But it's uh, generally, like, if you improvise a musical, like, on stage, you'll want to do uh, often, like, what's called a Herald format. It's, like, a really popular, just, like, baseline improv structure where it's, uh, like, if you ever watched the TV. TV show they did it but it's basically here's two characters they're doing a thing new scene here's two other characters doing a thing
0: here's a third scene and now we'll go back and see that first group the drew tarver episode they actually do that pretty overtly now that you mention it
3: uh yeah and that's and that's probably again something they're not even thinking about anymore because they've run that style of uh format enough
0: so, there's no rules like, all right, we're not going to do this subject or this. Uh, like, there's not like anything that's really off limits or. No, like
3: Jesus, not so far, it would seem. Uh, <laughs> I, I think it's generally one of those things where, like, we don't want to be disrespectful towards another group of human beings. But I it, think it's just like, I don't think it's a thing we've overtly said in the room. I think we just all agree, like, hey, we're not going to be shitty humans, right? Cool. That's why we like each other.
0: So, and on your website I noticed I was talking about this before your improv workshop. You write you wrote something about correct also versus yes and
3: Yeah, it's, this is such a verbal nitpicky thing. I'm a big word person, but like, I feel like, uh, my, my complaint about yes and is that those are very easy words to just sort of say and whether or not you mean them, you just go, yeah, uh uh-huh. And something else. Uh, I feel like when you do the correct also, it's much more like affirmative, not just like I'm letting you do it. Like, oh, that's a hundred percent the right choice. I think it's a more Hmm. immediate affirmation. It's just kind of a different way of thinking
0: about it. Interesting.
3: Yeah, I've, I've just seen enough, I, I, I do a lot of improv coaching, and I've seen enough students come in where they have said, like, I said yes to it, and I'm like, well, you, you said the words yes, but you didn't really <laughs> feel it, you know? You weren't really acting like you were saying yes, so I feel like the correct also thing is fun, and I had this whole concept about forming a school that had, like, black belts in improv, but that's probably not going to happen anytime soon, so... <laughs>
0: Hey, who knows?
3: Yeah, yeah, a musical the improv is, black belt. It'll be the
0: future is wide open.
3: Right? Heck yeah.
0: My only other question about the first song was, in person, is Paul F. Tompkins' laugh the most infectious thing you've ever heard?
3: Uh, It is only second to a girl I went to high school with who had the most amazing laugh that would make a whole room erupt. but he's a close second. Uh, <laughs> And there is something magical about having a guy with a voice that rich, just kind of, because I mean, like, Zach's a tenor and Jess is a soprano so we kind of live on the higher end of the uh, EQ spectrum and just to have someone come in and fill it with this rich, me- like deep baritone. It was ridiculous. Yeah. It's, re- it's really satisfying.
0: We were joking before about forgetting names and like trying to write them on a whiteboard and stuff. <laughs> yeah. The the next song I want to talk about is one where <laughs> you can tell they're skilled at this because Zach screws up and just corrects him in a way where like it makes the entire song. So yeah, I- I'll just... Exactly. Let me play this song. This is from the second episode with Mary Holland. Oh, please do.
1: Dieter, he has a plan. A plan he puts into practice now. The end of the day, Dieter will be the one who sells ShamWow. No, you are
2: Gunter and I am Dieter and I want you to (laughs) sell it. Yes. You are Gunter and I am... Don't you see that you've trained me? You've trained me to sell
1: so many things. But I think you should be the one to sell the sham wow, and so much profit will you bring? You're right. I am always going to be better than you.
2: That's right. This is the new pen, and it's what we shall do. <laughs> I am the one. Now get out of my way. It shall be dangerous. But Dieter, don't you see? I just sold you the idea oh. that you should sell chamois.
1: My goodness! And so, the job of selling the chamois, I'm going to take that job back now. Good will sell it! This is what I wanted, and yet it hurts.
3: such a fever so <laughs> by a oh, from or, to
0: that's one that makes me think that they're just like geniuses that they can <laughs> they can yeah. go that quickly from like, screwing up to him realizing like oh i can make this into the like i can make yeah. it seem intentional
3: yes <laughs> uh that is i think one of the greatest things about watching people who are really seasoned improvisers perform is that they will not let each other get away with like brushing mistakes under the rug they'll be like i'm sorry what did you say i'm pretty sure you said the wrong name let's clarify and then of course the other person will respond with yes that's right i did do that and here's the reason why like they will never back down and it's best it's
0: so well they fun. never even let each other go with little things either like oh, in that no. song in that song she's trying to say and yet and she says un yet yep <laughs> and and zach just cuts in and is like un yet." <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah and i mean that's kind of the joy of what they do is that they're very good about making anything and everything important just by being like that's fun why not good choice you know
0: yeah it's interesting the way that I don't know if you if you have to make this same decision. I'm not as skilled with music as I am with understanding words, I guess. <laughs> but Fair if up. you have to make the same choices musically where you're like, oh, I screwed that up, but got to keep doing that now. Oh,
3: all the time. I guarantee you most chords I play are like, oh, I meant to do uh, gray. Uh, like it very quickly turns into like something about this will be the right choice. It may not be what I mean to do. What's the harder thing he's getting... There are points where I don't necessarily always know where their voice is going to land or where, like, my chord is going to land and they're going to be like... And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I have no idea sometimes. So occasionally, you'll hear a lot of, like, these like those, those breaks are half for kicks and half for me <laughs> going like what the hell are you doing okay great yeah. so it's kind of a chance for me to sort of like let them tell me where to go
0: and like like I was just talking about with the Paul of Tompkins song like it sounds like an opening number and what's interesting to me about Gunter and Dieter or whatever is that it sounds like a villain song like I, I I don't know what kind of style you would call that but the way you're playing it, it really sounds like the bad guys opening song, you know? It's I
3: just... try and lean it that way. I mean, if, like, if someone is going to be a bad guy, let's make them a bad guy. But in general, like, easy way is, like, this is a bad person, this is a sad person, this is a happy person, this is a proud person. Like, that's pretty much it as far as just, like, major and minor and then everything else is, like, is it jazzy sad or is it, like, pure sad, you know? So, oh, right, it's different colors on top.
0: So if, if people are, like, piano... Babies or whatever, as yes. Jess would probably like to say. Yeah, no babies. What do they need to know? Like, are you just using your knowledge of chords and other music basically uh, to yeah. play? Like,
3: I mean, I'm not gonna lie, like I am heavily relying on the things I hated most, which is playing scales and like knowing knowing which chords belong to the scale. So I, a lot of it is that, a lot of it was Bach inventions, where I'm like, I, you just had to learn how chords changed. Uh, but a fair amount of it is like, I've played in plenty of bands where I'm like a band leader and I have to f- like figure out the chords for things too, and after a while you start noticing that like, most songs, including musical theater, tend to be kind of within the same general realm of sounds. Like, you'll hear like, this thing, and... It, this is like so many songs, like some people wait a lifetime for a moment like this, you know. But again, it could be like, Oh, I can't believe it's happening to me. But it'd also be like, He's a guy and he's loving me. Like it's so many different songs that right. use that kind like of
0: how, thing. Like how I think there's a bunch of YouTube videos about how there's like three chords that are used for like 90% of the most popular songs. Oh you know. yeah,
3: yeah yeah. Six four one five. It's that. If you're, like, in the 50s, it's, like, one and a six and a four and a five. Yeah. And that's a lot of, like, ballads, too, where it's, like... Yeah, and all I'm doing is, just like, sticking extra notes on top of that.
0: Now, one of the things I've heard from people when I... But literally, if I'm in a group of people and I think of Off Book, I'm like, have you guys heard of Off Book? (laughs) (laughs) And one of the things I always hear, because I'll I'll either play uh, that Paul F. Tompkins song or a song about chilies (laughs) that I'm going to play in a minute. But before I get to that, the thing I hear often is like, well, these guys can't really sing.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know about that. They're doing pretty damn well.
0: I would say this is my counter argument. The song I want to play right now is my counter argument (laughs) to that. And I don't know how much production is done as far as, like, they're making... Because they joked a couple weeks ago about the producer making their voices sound better, but...
3: He will... I mean, he adds, like, echo and, like, reverb. Like, you can hear some mild effects in there. And again, it's that sort of thing where it just makes it sound more like a musical... Uh, sometimes he'll do that live, and I think occasionally he'll go back and be like, when he's editing the show, be like, this would be fun here. So I think he kind of just gets to make those choices as he likes.
0: But having listened back to a few of them, you would say that their voices are pretty close to what we actually hear, right?
3: Oh yeah, no, they're not like auto-tuned or anything, if that's what you're asking. God, no. Yeah, no, they they really both can sing. That's not a, <laughs> it's not a computer yeah, well, trick. This yeah. is
0: from the third episode with Drew Tarver pillaging for your dreams. Oh jeez. And This song actually, (laughs) I don't want to make this about me, but let me just say this. Please, it's your show. (laughs) Yeah, but it's better when it's not about me, probably. I, a couple months ago, was having a real tough time at work. Just we had some, someone at the office died and someone quit. Oh boy.
3: This was separate incidences, right? They didn't like.
0: (laughs) They didn't quit because they killed the other person, no. Good, good, all right. But basically, I just was not, I was just frustrated, you know, and. One of the things I was telling you when when I was talking to you about coming on to join us was this is one of the few podcasts I listen to that can actively take my mood from like a bad mood to a good mood. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. I mean that sincerely. The third episode I was actually just listening to today and even listening to it for like the third or fourth time I was just like laughing so hard. But oh, the reason man. I bring that up is like we were joking before about it all kind of just leaving your mind and going away, but This song is sort of the climactic song to the Drew Tarver episode. It's called Was I a Bad Son? I don't know if you'll remember this one. Yeah. But this one, like, this YouTube page here, someone named Lindsay is a saint and has uploaded, like... Dude, it's
3: amazing. Yeah, I'm shocked at the level of volunteer work that people are doing. (laughs) Getting this show (laughs) She's
0: uploaded, like, a ton of individual songs from the show. Yeah,
3: thank you, Lindsay. It's amazing.
0: This, This one here, Was I a Bad Son, has 190 views and... I'm willing to bet that a hundred of them are probably from me (laughs) because this is the one song that I'm just like addicted to. And it's because it's the one where Jess actually sounds like she could be on Broadway. (laughs) so let me just play the climactic part of this song because it just it sounds so great to me it's amazing awesome and i should say the reason i was telling that whole story is because i just like this song makes me feel so much better whenever i just want to listen to something
3: that's awesome anyway here's the
1: biggest disaster now i'm building my confidence
3: A big, so miss. The big miss.
2: Make their gods <laughs> chosen. referred to me as
3: a she don't let anything get away
0: uh so much fun yeah. i just i'm that one like she can sing man
3: oh man absolutely and again like i forget how she's
0: doing that sitting
3: yeah, she's definitely got a soprano range and I always forget that until I listen back. I'm like, oh yeah, that's impressive. And again, yeah, everyone is sitting down which by all accounts should not be happening. We should all be like, well, I don't know, they should be standing but they don't and it's more fun. It's, <laughs> it's more intimate and again, it's, we've done so much like performing standing up I think it's almost a refreshing change of pace for them not to have to flail their bodies and be sweaty and dancey.
0: But she's absolutely belting in that song. So. Oh
3: man, no, she kills it. They both have amazing voices and anyone who else says otherwise I'll piano fight
0: you. Or you could physically fight them. I no, guess. I
3: can't do that. I'm terrible at that. <laughs> I'll just piano fight.
0: But yeah, the the question I had for you about that one is, they go back to that chorus a few times, the walking... Do, do you try to do that with songs, like, where you have, like, a chorus that you can go back to, or is... How does your memory work within a song like that?
3: Not so great. I usually forget what I'd played the first time, so when they go back, I mean, again, if someone is, like, notating the music of this show, they'll be either really angry or really embarrassed (laughs) for me because they'll realize that, like, the first chord, um... Like, the first chorus might have been, like, down the 101, and the second time it might have been, like, and we're walking down the 101, it wouldn't really matter. There's kind of that thing of, like, as long as I know they're going to sing those notes, I can literally choose this note, or this note, or this note, or really there's no lack of options so it's that's the nice thing about the chorus is that's sort of the one time where we can all kind of be like oh yeah let's come back together and remind ourselves what we're doing
0: yeah that's anyway that's my favorite song Yay. individually from the whole thing
3: i uh, love it i thought i was for sure you were going to play me the song of the three chilies waiters just loudly squawking and i was gonna be like yes they do have beautiful voices you're absolutely right taylor uh, <laughs> and that's the other thing they're not afraid to sound like complete idiots, and I love it.
0: Yeah, let's play that one. This is from the Mary Holland episode <laughs> as well, and I guess, I don't know if, if I should have been giving context for any of these things, but...
3: Yeah, and I, I, I'm I, going to say right now, I do not know how legal this is, or how many seconds of these <laughs> we're actually allowed to play, and I am not a representative or affiliated with any earwolf production stuff anyway <laughs> <laughs> i don't know either way that's a good sign if you get in trouble that means a lot of people are paying attention
0: you know what that's true here's well, where wrong. we went wrong from uh chili's restaurant where <laughs> jess is playing a waitress and mary holland is hey, playing a, a waitress and zach is playing a annoyed patron i guess he also has another here. character <laughs> but i'll just let that one show I up i guess yeah
2: where I oh my god walk. I'm trying my best to sing a song I wish I was likable Jesus Christ But Hank here, he says I'm not likable
1: I
0: didn't say that I did not say you're not like, well, like that.
2: I don't know where I went wrong I'm trying so hard to just be like I'm trying to bring things to the table but Hank says I'm not able I don't know where I
3: Now, two examples of one of my favorite things that gets to happen on the podcast is where I get to play a really pretty, sincere-sounding background, and they just do, you know... SEAL teams and uh, <laughs> sc- screeching waiters over it. It's my favorite thing. It's the best. It's
0: also a joy to watch you laughing at listening back to it. So.
3: Uh, it's delightful to listen back and go, like, to know that it wasn't just, like, funny in the moment because we were in the room and I'm like, oh no, good. This is still funny outside, I think, to me.
0: So <laughs> <laughs> So I can't imagine how you even stay focused. I mean, I guess you have a lot of experience doing it with other improv stuff, too. But... I mean,
3: like I said, no one said I'm always staying focused. There are a- (laughs) good number of times where I have completely lost track of what's happening, but...
0: Yeah, I've tried to listen back and see if I can hear you laughing actively, but it's hard to tell.
3: I think think Brett's pretty good about taking it out. I don't... I try not to laugh too much, but you'll... If you had a microphone close to my face, you would hear a lot of snickers.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the thing that struck me too like, they talk about farting in this song, and obviously there's uh, a lot of yep. there's a lot of stupid stuff like that, but that's actually something I don't think I appreciated before I discovered all this. All, <laughs> all of the farts.
3: Yeah, it's it's a rich tapestry of, of well, fart jokes. What
0: I, was, what I mean to say is, before I discovered all the Earwolf stuff, I think I only kind of viewed comedy as like, you know, they write it and they put it on the sitcom and the jokes are all funny, but there's something like, almost more pure to me about the stupid dumb jokes off the top of the head that and when they're funny it's somehow funnier because you're like oh my god they're coming up with this on the spot
3: I I, I would say there's something to that because like you to replicate that you have to have someone write it have someone else deliver it have someone else film that person delivering it and then Hope that it has the same effect as the way it was intended, whereas, yeah, there's just something about that in-the-moment playfulness where it's, you know it's true, because it can't not be. They're literally just thinking of it and saying it as it happens, so.
0: That's probably why the bar for movies, like, comedy movies, is so high, because... Oh, like, yeah, the number of scenes that
3: you hear are improvised. You're like, of course, that's why it felt so fun.
0: Right, like the that house movie, which I haven't seen with Will Ferrell and Amy Poehler and and I think Jason Manzucas is.
3: Oh right? yeah, no, I thought you were talking about like a uh, House MD movie, which I would, no, I no, would no, totally no. go see.
0: We could improvise that probably. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but the thing that struck me about the trailers to that movie is it looked like an improvised movie and then it got terrible reviews ah. and I was like, you know, it, it probably was just they were coming up with stuff and playing around and it was fun. But movies, movie critics don't really take that into account. We're like something like The Big Sick, which this isn't a disparaging because I love The Big Sick. I think it's a great movie. Yeah. But you can tell like all the jokes were crafted perfectly so that when you watch the movie a couple times, it's just as funny, you know, Um and it's just like uh. a different type of comedy. Yeah. I mean, the reason I bring that up is because... Something I was thinking about when I was listening back to some of these is an interview I I heard with uh, Mike Schur, the creator of The Office and Parks and Rec. And yeah. I think he works on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and he's running The Good Place right now, which is a great show. Okay. I remember him saying you know, somebody asked him, why are you still working in broadcast television when there's all these other options out there now? And his point was, you know, he likes to be challenged by the limitations of the 21 minutes and 45 seconds or whatever, and the not being allowed to curse, uh-huh. like all these different things. And you already talked about how you guys don't really have rules. But in listening to Scott Aukerman and, and his podcast, like Comedy Bang Bang and stuff, and then listening to Off Book, it, does strike me and maybe this is just because they're sort of trying to stick to that musical theater thing and it just kind of flows naturally from that but you guys don't do the you talked about being mean to kids and farts and stuff but <laughs> but you don't do like the dirty jokes a lot you know what I mean
3: uh yeah
0: is that intentional or does that just happen
3: I, I think you were right on with it mostly in the sense that like we'll make dirt, like the shit we'll say before the show is not like the, well and again like god there was one episode with where she brought her kid and we were just swearing up a storm in front of her the whole time, and it was hilarious. Well, I think
0: that episode was actually called Curses, Curses. Yes,
3: Curses, that's so. right. It was. Uh, it was a running theme. But I, uh, I think you nailed it on the head with it being in the musical genre, unless you're doing a spoof of Avenue Q, which why would you spoof a spoof? Please, everyone out there, don't spoof comedy. It's the dumbest waste of time. Uh, (laughs) But uh, it is one of those things where most of the time, musicals tend to be about pure emotions that most humans feel, and it's like a pretty uh, pretty family-friendly vibe, as far as I know. And, you know, even nowadays, like, if you're going to open a show on Broadway, you want the grandparents to not leave angry. So, I think it's mostly just an homage to the genre, but I think even if we did get into something gross, we wouldn't... There's something about singing a song where dirty jokes without the framing of some sort of emotion just don't work as well because you don't you kind of have to have a reason to sing the song or have a reason to pretend to be singing the song you know
0: right yeah that's why the i thought of the mike sure thing because i was like if they're doing this consciously it's kind of it elevates their comedy i think because it forces them to be more creative you know well, but it, yeah i think your point is good too
3: also like zach and jessica for the most part are not like dirty joke you know dick punch kind of people so uh yeah It's, I think it's a, it's a combination of the two, but again, I'm sure like, I think we're all surprised at how little swearing happens for what typically happens a lot more in most casual
0: podcasts. Yeah. And let me play one from, uh, the Fran Gillespie episode who, what's cool about this show is I'm still sort of being introduced to a lot of these people. She was not someone I knew before, but this was one of my favorite ones. Oh
3: yeah. Some of them, some people we've known for a while, some people literally met us 24 to 48 hours before we recorded it's very interesting when the strangers coming.
0: But let me play. Th- I think this one sums up the sense of humor we're talking about in a good way. This okay. Nice and nice and short one. Up everyone, when your dad's John Cena, your whole life is
1: professional wrestling fun. When your dad is John Cena. I wish my dad was John Cena. All the world's a fun little game when your dad is John Cena. Nothing's the same. Oh, let me see. Oh. Benjamin Smith! Here's the things you can't get away with.
2: When your dad is Benjamin Smith, he'll never give you a hug or a kiss. Oh, ouch, my
3: heart hurts. (laughs) Oh, poor Benjamin Smith.
0: Oh, man. I don't, yeah, I don't even know if context is necessary to listen to some of these, but obviously you should go listen to the episodes uh, if you want to hear, hear more. <laughs> if you think this is the stupidest thing ever, you probably stopped listening 40 minutes ago. Or
3: if you, st- <laughs> or if you think it's the stupidest thing ever, you're right, and you should listen more, because it is the dumbest and the best. <laughs> I think there's like a shared vocabulary, like Zach and Jess and I all agree, where we're like clapping and at the end being like, that was so stupid, you guys, yay! Like, we, I think we delight I don't think you should
0: st- sell yourselves that short, because some of them, when oh. it comes together at the end, I'm just like, they, this, I don't think someone could have written something this good.
3: No, and I think that's the thing, is that, like, we're consciously aware that, like, the end result of us singing this glorious harmony song that was initially about what would sound like a really stupid pitch in, like, a Broadway musical room. I don't know. It's just really fun to know that we, we can kind of bounce out of any weird choice and it sort of works out okay in the end.
0: Yeah, and one of the things that's cool about podcasts to me as a medium, just whether it's entertainment or news or, you know, even, like, serial, Mm -hmm. it always feels like a very intimate thing. Like, you feel like you know the people more than you actually do, you know?
3: Yeah, well... And it is that thing where we're actually like sitting there and we're all pretty close to each other and just sitting in chairs and talking as opposed to like being on a stage and facing away
0: from each other. But even like with Serial, like Sarah Koenig or whoever, like you uh-huh. feel like you know her by the end, you know, like oh, the search absolutely. that she's on, this yeah. journey. And like, that's the thing that struck me about what makes a good podcast, whatever the subject. Like when I listen to Off Book, I feel like I'm hanging out with you guys, you know. Yay. And like, that's what makes it sort of infectious and not just like you're listening to it idiots sitting across from you at mcdonald's being stupid you know? <laughs> yeah
3: well i mean that's also just as possible but i'm, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that we don't feel um like stupid i don't I, like i we think it is but i'm glad it
0: isn't <laughs> well yeah i guess if you were somehow more pretentious about it maybe it would come across that way but... i think
3: i think that's the thing is that we all just want to have fun with it we don't none of us want to quote do it right And I think that kind of, like, is the most freeing part, that we're not, like, trying to do it well, we're just trying to do it the way we'll enjoy the most, I think.
0: And maybe you're the most free to answer this, since you're not really on mic, but do you feel like if people ran into you on the street, like, they would meet the person that they would expect from the show?
3: I mean, not if I wasn't carrying a piano, no, (laughs) I don't think it's, yeah... Uh, no, well, I, guess, it,
0: I guess maybe that question Would make more sense for Zach or for Jess but.
3: I, I, I know them both I can tell you yes That is pretty much <laughs> what they are like In real life they will do just As many bits um, and they are just As sweet and kind as they are on the show so it's Not a big act it's,
0: it's sort of just like You're like you were talking about earlier with Improv and just sort of playing off each Other like it's like when you're in high school and you have that One friend who's just always doing bits And is somehow way funnier than everyone else I imagine That's what any given episode of this is like But
3: it's gr- it's always a delight man yeah and i of course like i've been doing it a million times and i never cease to marvel at the way they come up with things too
0: all right just a couple more songs i want to run through sure this is from the aaron whitehead episode i don't remember the name of this one offhand oh but this one a lot of things come to life this song in particular is about what all the cats are doing (laughs) I'm interested in talking to you about this one because I wonder if uh, it doesn't sound like you do. Well, let's, let's listen to it and then I'll, then I'll ask you. I'm just going to play this part. Shopping for a brooch. And that's what all
1: the cats are doing. And by all I mean four. That's what four of the cats are doing. But here are... For more. Very good. Well, Lizard the cat is under the, the bottom of a lake. lake. He's in a submarine that sank to the bottom of a lake, but otherwise he's doing just great. Oh, Lizard! And Devin is under an Ikea bathroom looking for a meatball. And Tigger is up in Disneyland in a small world after all. And that's what seven of the cats are doing. Very James is it right here? Hi, James. <laughs> oh, hi. James is right here. Like,
0: the I thing that strikes me about that one is, I, I feel people. like uh, maybe I just don't notice. <laughs> I don't think you actively challenge them like you do in that song, where you're like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna go faster and faster, keep going. Yeah, it's, I try not to
3: like, oh, uh, my job always as the accompanist is to be the least recognized action in the room, do you know what I mean? Like, their moves always need to be the ones that are leading the way, because I can only, like, give an implication of the idea, but there are just certain songs where I can't resist, is basically my thing where, like, this is absolutely the thing that has to happen, and I can use tell pretty quickly, like, if I see Zach, like, singing, and he kind of turns to me and gives me these panicked eyes of, like, I don't understand where the rhythm is, I probably won't mess with him, but if he's, like, looking at me and going, like, oh, are we gonna do this? Like, yeah. <laughs> there's some very subtle eye contact that happens that tells us a lot. If you're wondering why I always mention Zach, it's that, uh, the way we are oriented, I usually have, like, a clear sightline to Zach, but there's like a little more microphone and chair between me and Jessica, usually, so I will half the time not see her face, and occasionally she will sing, and I will not see it happening so she has no on.
0: idea what's going
3: on no, no no she is doing great i often don't see her face which we need to change that's just a thing in, in
0: the room setup that's a note for producer pret
3: particularly no particularly early on we would have the guests sit in a chair that was like in front of me and they had their back to me and it was the weirdest thing ever <laughs>
0: Yeah, the guests have been pretty reliably... Where is Jason Manzoukas, by the way? We were just talking about him. When's he coming on? He's got to uh,
3: come do it. Ah, who is Jason Manzoukas again? <laughs> Which one is that?
0: <laughs> uh, Scott can't answer that.
3: No, I genuinely don't know. I have, Again, if it's an administrative question, I have zero answers other than I play piano.
0: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, all the guests have been, for the most part... Shockingly pretty, adept. Pretty, pretty game, right? Yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean, a few of them, like... I'm, like, Aaron Whitehead and I used to do musical improv, like, years and years ago, so, like, they've, some of them are very, very adept at it, and then other people are just coming in for the first time and being like, oh, yeah, that sounds, like, fun, I'd like to try it, and their first time trying it sometimes is on the show, and then I think we've also offered it out to a few other guests, and then when they find out it's improvised, they back out, so, (laughs) yeah, which I don't blame them for, it's scary as hell.
0: It's like, oh, come on, Lin-Manuel Miranda, and he's like, ah, I don't
3: know. Oh, no, 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 that would, talk about one of our dream guests, that'd be amazing.
0: Can you imagine? Oh,
3: uh, man. That would be amazing. Uh, I'm going to call it out just in the odd chance that Lin-Manuel listens to this podcast but does not listen to Off Book And has made it
0: this far. <laughs>
3: and has made it this far to wait. Hey, Lin-Manuel, come on our show. We're totally down.
0: Yeah, seriously. Every I think everyone wants that. I've seen him freestyle rap on Fallon. He can do it.
3: Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that guy. I love the story of how he learned to freestyle rap, which is basically he just had a three hour drive and just did it nonstop for three hours. And again, is that true? <laughs> uh, it's a story he tells, so I don't know why he would lie. I Wow. Yeah, yeah. I've never, I've never heard that. Um, I'm actually, I'm
0: wearing my one of my Hamilton shirts here. What?
3: Hamilton and Jefferson and Madison and Washington. Nice. And, Love it. And Burr. And Burr. Nice. Slightly <laughs> different color text. No, I just don't choose to say that man's name. He is dead in history to me. Aaron <laughs> Burr, guys.
0: Scott is taking sides in Hamilton. Have you seen Hamilton? Uh,
3: you know what? I have not. I'm actually uh, hoping to get to go soon. I think Rory might be able to help us out, but we'll see.
0: Oh yeah, he yeah. has to say right. You guys did. Him the favor of putting him on the spot for an hour. Oh, so. oh
3: yeah, we what a what a delightful favor we did to put him on the spot and say, <laughs> sing you, McCloud. He did
0: seem, yeah. Um, he did a good job, but he did seem to have a harder time than Nicole Parker did with his like improving the music. But
3: oh uh, yeah, as far as I know, they are all doing great or like better than anyone should be expected to oh, do. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. but the Lin Manuel Miranda thing does raise a question. I think I think a lot of people know Jess as a rapper on Comedy Bang Bang, right? Yeah. And I know there's a lot of videos of her and Zach doing rap stuff. And, you know, I guess I've been wondering, we're what? We're 15 episodes into Off Book? Where's our rap musical?
3: Uh, Yeah, you know, that's a really interesting point. Mostly that comes down to the fact that, like, I don't have drum settings on my pianos. Like, so <laughs> I play keys. But, uh... I think they do rap breaks but again it's that thing of right now as far as reference points go for musical theater Hamilton is like the only thing I could point to where I'd be like that's a rap musical or like yeah do you remember the MTV uh, Carmen hip opera that was like maybe 15 to 20 years ago when I was a kid they did a, a hip hop version of Carmen but that's like the only other hip hop musical that I'm aware of uh, aside from In the Heights which is even kind of like sung, also sung Miranda. Uh, yeah also Lin-Manuel Miranda and also I think like more half sung than wrapped i'm it's been a while so i think the short answer is just like we don't we haven't had call for it and I don't think it's like a thing we've been thinking about which is so funny because, and i think also like zach and jess are probably rapping at the end of almost every episode either in like a commercial yeah. or like a bit with the guest
0: yeah they usually do a bit at the end where they like read the last text on somebody's phone or something and rap, and it's always good i just i Consider this your first request for yeah. rap musical. No, I mean, and
3: again, like, that's one of those things where it's like, there's not a lot of, I think... Reference points. Reference points are, like, rules to it, so it would be interesting to kind of, like, dive in and see how it works. Who knows?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, Lynn would probably want to do that when you guys have him on. So. I
3: would hope so. That
0: would be the most
3: ridiculous thing to be like, we've got Lin-Manuel Miranda and he's going to play the flute. <laughs> not at all, using him for his powers.
0: Yeah, do, do you guys record pretty far in advance to make sure you don't fall behind on
3: Uh Not, not as far in, in advance as we should. Uh, the, occasionally, <laughs> I think the furthest ahead we got was one week we were like banked three weeks ahead, but it quickly, okay. you know, we'll, one of us will almost get guaranteed be out of town or like not available or the guests right. won't be able to get in on the time or
0: the room yeah. won't be
3: yeah is a well, million you haven't, you
0: haven't missed a week yet so no
3: and god willing hopefully we won't ever i don't know i uh, will just keep doing it till the end of time
0: <laughs> that would be great if you th- can you imagine if you could have like hundreds and hundreds of musicals under your belt? That'd Dude, be
3: I'm awesome. I'm not gonna lie to you. In addition to the off book show, I am probably doing about seven different improv shows a week, and within all those improv shows, there's probably about five songs each. So I'm probably like improvising and forgetting thousands of songs every year, and it's uh, that's the other reason I love doing the podcast is I'm like, oh my god, look, it lives! It's not, <laughs> it,
0: it doesn't exist afterwards normally, but it does. So if you remembered, you would be Beethoven by this. Point probably. Oh sure, yeah. Or if I just
3: recorded them the first time, but that'd be a much easier choice, wouldn't it?
0: Yeah. The only reason I asked about that is because uh, on Paul F. Tompkins' podcast, have you ever listened to that one, the uh, Spontania Nation?
3: I've heard an episode or two. I'm uh, I'm more of a Radio Lab guy. I actually don't listen to a lot of comedy
0: podcasts. You're too too in it.
3: Maybe. Yeah. I get enough comedy every day from just like the people in my classes and stuff. Yeah. So I think I'm like I'm good. Plus Radio Labs. Yeah. I'm more of I'm, I'm. Also, like, learning my place, which is, I'm like, I have kind of a sense of humor, but I'm not pursuing a stand-up career or a writing career. Still playing music, just it happens to be for mostly comedy, so.
0: But, uh on his podcast he at the end of his episode he has people do plugs and stuff and he's Uh always like he's always like by the way it's october 23rd and the guests will always be like it's october 23rd (laughs) yeah i'm like i'm like oh he must record his podcast like months in advance because people are always confused when he says the date but
3: that's really funny no i'm pretty sure we don't specifically mention the date because we don't know No, you don't i think i'm pretty sure even with our first two rounds we didn't say it was our first or second episode because we weren't sure what it was like order release wise yeah
0: since we're talking about all these music yeah. Let's play the last the last song I want to talk about. Because this, for me, was like the moment where I felt like the podcast had made it, you know? Okay, awesome. <laughs> like, when... Uh, no,
3: I want to hear what our apex is. This is great, yeah.
0: Jess always jokes about, we're a little baby podcast and stuff. Yeah. And the point where you have Alphabet on, I think you're not allowed to say that anymore.
3: Yeah, I think that's a fair line. Yeah. Because, she's man, that <laughs> is a ridiculous voice on that person. Yeah. yeah,
0: so this is a clip from Good For You a song with uh, nicole parker who like we just said was, is an amazing vocal goddess yes yeah it was elphaba and wicked so <laughs> if, if you can sing defying gravity and then come on off book then you're probably gonna sound pretty good yeah here's a little uh, little if bit I of that. Will
2: be a sugar, sugar. Sugar, that sugar
3: She's singing pretty well, and then you hear her singing, and you're like, "Oh, that's what a real trained Broadway singer sounds like."
0: She crushes it. I mean, I-, I looked up some stuff on YouTube of her last night singing the climactic part of Defying Gravity, and she nails that.
3: Oh man, yeah, she's it's ridiculous. Yeah.
0: My, actually, what I found interesting about this episode was. It seemed to me, and maybe this is just me overthinking it, but it felt like, and obviously Nicole has some improv experience because she set up the whole story in like five seconds herself. Oh yeah. But it seemed to me like everybody really elevated their game for that one. Like they're like, okay, we have a real singer here. We're going (laughs) to, we're going to make one that's like crazy. Cause like the things that like the, the train corruption and like the courtroom stuff and some of the, just some of the rhymes and stuff that. Zach and Jess are uh, doing seems yeah. like, like they, it just seemed like everyone's game was like on another level in that one.
3: But. Yeah, well, no, for the record, I don't think it's them just being like, all right, we're actually going to try this episode. It's more just, uh, yeah, I think it's more that thing of like once that momentum starts going where you hear someone come in that clearly and like sing with that much intent, it becomes even easier to like latch on and offer things with a strong sense. Uh, there's this thing that'll happen sometimes in improv where like you'll want to make an offer but you'll do it like it's not a good choice choice and everyone will be like, ooh, that's not a good choice. Or you can just make the same offer and be like, this is amazing. And everyone will be like, that's amazing. I can, I can latch onto that easier. So yeah, it's kind of just a momentum thing, I think. But, uh, yeah, for the record, we are always oh. trying as hard as we can. We are not putting, <laughs> not putting more effort or less effort into particular shows.
0: I don't doubt that. All
3: right. Squash the rumors now. We
0: always try. <laughs> yeah, the internet's ablaze a with uh, are they trying.
3: Yeah, no, no, no. Right that's now. our new, our new uh, tag is Off Book Podcast. We're always trying.
0: I was going to say, I think you guys are selling a t-shirt somewhere that says Off Book Better Than the Beatles.
3: I do. I got one from them, and I'm so excited to wear it. It just says Better Than the Beatles instead of our logo, and it is the most... <laughs> affronting, it's so incredibly blasphemous and I cannot wait to wear it down the street and just get people angry at me and then for me to calm them down would be to plug the show, which I think is a great way to kind of like... Is that the goal of the shirt? Cause... I don't know. It doesn't seem like the goal, but it's definitely a outcome I expect to happen as I'm walking down the street. Is
0: I mean, maybe that makes sense because from a marketing standpoint, the shirt is confusing because it just says better than the Beatles on it. Yeah. So... It's like people aren't even gonna know what they.
3: No, I'm hoping they're hope. I'm hoping that I think logo recognition is the thing. Because as far as I know, I don't think a lot of other shows have a bright pink music note thing as their symbol. And the only other uh, I was discovered discovering the other day that I think PBS also has a podcast with the same name, but it's about history and is like a panel of people and no singing at all. So
0: wow, get ready for the legal battle.
3: Oh man, I'm all about just turning each of those episodes into a musical, too. Why not? (laughs)
0: <laughs> so what do we have to look forward to? I know you said you don't record uh, many weeks out or remember things well. But, yes, that's true. You know.
3: um, who are you and what is this podcast again? No, I uh, we're going to be having, I think tomorrow, uh, our good friend Ashley Ward is coming in who is an amazing member of uh, Baby Wants Candy, which is kind of like the, sort of, currently as far as I'm aware, one of the like, gold standard popular musical improv shows that happens around uh, America. And then I th- we got a. Hooks and uh, sights set on a bunch of people, but nothing is set in stone. And if I say anything, I'd probably be lying. <laughs> so, uh, let me just say this tons of fun people. There's so many people out there who would be so much fun to have that we can't wait to have in. And of course, Lin Manuel Miranda in uh, 2027, let's say, to be safe.
0: Yeah, 2027. That yeah. gives him plenty of time he's to finish filming nine Mary Poppins. Years. And... Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I guess using wait, up he's... all the money from his genius grant. Yeah, stuff. is he doing a Mary Poppins? Yeah, he's, uh, playing who's the guy um Bert Bert I think he's Bert interesting somebody can correct me on that man
3: I hope he I hope he even like more Dick Van Dykes up that Cockney accent
0: oh my gosh that'd be amazing he's he's great we 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 could spend another hour talking about Lin-Manuel Miranda probably
3: I think that's just kind of like the equivalent of like you talk about the weather or food or a shared love of Lin-Manuel Miranda
0: yeah I mean well I, we were talking about this a little bit a second ago but like when you had Nicole Parker on and she's like oh my god I've listened to every episode and Rory O'Malley came on and was like you guys are amazing like have you been getting a lot of response from <laughs> musical like Broadway people like personally like what, what is uh, have, what has it been like to see that happen
3: I mean I don't know exactly what kind of response we're getting because yeah there is like a reddit out there where people talk about our show and there's a Facebook fan page which I like kind of check in on but at the same time I'm like I don't want to know too much about what people are saying, although that would be weird to go on a fan page and then just bitch about things. <laughs> I suppose they're saying nice things. Uh, no, it feels really cool, um, but as far as, like, I don't know, I hope Rory and Nicole are telling their friends, because I feel like it is one of those things where, like, I think Broadway performers would get a kick out of it, or they'd think it was really stupid and more of the same thing that they're already doing, and either way, they would be correct.
0: Wow, I don't know how I hadn't actually found this yet. Off book, the Improvised Musical Podcast fans. Oh, did you, yeah, did you find the Facebook page? It's got 400 people in Yay!
3: it. Yay, 400 fans! fans
0: we did it we did it guys Uh, well what i can tell you (laughs) is that the people who like this show are obsessed with this show because Uh. (laughs) my friend luke who i mentioned told me about it and he texted me i told him that you were going to come on the podcast he said tell scott that his magic on the keys brings joy to struggling business owners everywhere
3: (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome that makes me happy.
0: I have other f- another friend who, like, we've just, like, talked extensively about multiple episodes. So I'm, I'm going to have to join this uh, this group here. Oh, yeah. But, uh...
3: <laughs> yeah, it's super funny, man. It's, again, like, one of those things where, we're like, we've all been just sort of doing these on stage casually for years. And the fact that they exist and people discuss them afterwards is mind-blowing to me.
0: Also, a lot of people seem to be posting in this Facebook group about the advertisements. Dude, It's stupid how, like, I feel like such a sellout, but I really like doing the ads
3: for that show. I know it's dumb.
0: The ads are funny. Yeah, it's weird.
3: Well, because it's our kind of excuse to sort of not have to sing about any like we sort of know what we're going to be singing about like it's like here's what the commercial is going to be saying so say this but do it in a song so it's i think really freeing and again we get to get just real stupid with how we deliver them
0: oh man there's also uh (laughs) there's like polls in here of what the best songs are (laughs) there's like there's like fan art of oh dude the fan
3: art there's a guy i think it's like at F-A-C-H-E-S-D-E-R-O-C-H-E or something like that on Twitter where like every week he will like he's been making a painting that's like basically like a summation of the episode there was one with just like a bunch of wolves one time and it, it's yeah it's so <laughs> that delightful. one was
0: unbelievable no, I, I we didn't even talk about that
3: one uh, I'm pretty excited I think they actually are going to make one of them into a t-shirt soon so this should be a, uh, oh, an man. official off book fan art uh, t-shirt coming out somewhere I think on the oh and page. someone
0: even wrote in here the The amount of times I've listened to Your Honor slash Trying at This Trial Uh, is probably too many. I think it's my favorite of all, largely due to the piano work of Scott R. Passarello.
3: Oh, that's very sweet of them. I think I should give credit where credit's due. Most of that riff that I was playing, I think, is stolen from something that I played for Zach that he technically wrote, like, five or ten years ago. But again, it's all just borrowed here and
0: there. Yeah, I mean, this is... uh... I don't want to get all down this rabbit hole now with this Facebook group, so I'm going to close <laughs> Yes,
3: that. close the Facebook group.
0: Um, <laughs> But yeah, I really appreciate you coming on. Oh I, man, I, I we... appreciate you giving me a microphone. This is unreal. Yeah, I guess we didn't use the piano as much as we should have. I don't,
3: I don't know. I mean, it was one of those things where I'm like, I don't know that explaining it with my fingers is going to be any better than in my mouth. <laughs> so.
0: But the reason I thought of it, and we were talking about Lin-Manuel Miranda, there's an episode of The Room Where It's Happening. Did you ever listen to that? Trayvon Free, who was a writer for The Daily Show, uh-huh. and Mike Drucker who is a comedian. But they had a podcast where they interviewed celebrities or people involved with Hamilton, and the idea of the podcast, and I'm disappointed they never finished this, was that they were going to do an episode about each song in Hamilton. They made it about 35 episodes in and then stopped.
3: Wait, how many songs are in that show? Jeez. 46. Wow. I am... Wow. That is a hell of a job to have as the musician for that show. Well,
0: I was going to say they had an episode with Alex Lacamoire, the music director. Oh, yeah. And he had his piano while he was there and it was like it was pretty interesting
3: i get it my piano was boring that's fine taylor fine uh
0: here's i got Not what i meant I got, <laughs> I got nothing i got nothing i just just yeah this was now. terrible i yeah, don't know why no, we did well, i'm sorry no. well no i tell you what on the island is our new podcast for people who have never listened Mm -hmm. and we don't have a theme song yet and you improvise songs regularly so what how about you uh give us a little riff about
3: an island all right (laughs) i'm gonna make sure that this is not one of the five spice island commercials that we've already improvised on the show (laughs) uh so uh on the island um yeah um Talk about the show If you want to live here on the island Are you going to survive When you're going to be Living a life on the island and you're living a survivor on the island i'm not good at making these things up as well. <laughs> that is uh, again two jobs at the same time it's not easy to do uh much easier to have someone else sing over your piano all
0: right so zach jess that was scott's audition to be a guest on a, on, on his own show
3: save me you guys you're so much better at this all
0: right yeah well so thank you thank you for that scott thank you so much oh, again thank you for, for having me man this was a delight joining us uh this was so i play plentiful. you out <laughs> yeah we will have to have you back when you have Lin-Manuel Miranda
3: yeah right definitely uh, 27, 20, 2017 yeah no shoot 2027 that's the time but we don't want to wait that long this, or sooner yeah
0: but yeah thank you and uh, thanks everybody for listening if you're a fan of Off Book, I hope you um. en- enjoyed this I, I might have been having too much fun <laughs> But uh, that's the idea of the whole show, right? Heck so yeah. Go listen to it if you haven't. Give us some feedback if it's your first time listening. Or even if you listened before, now that we're a new podcast with a new name, we need you to subscribe and rate and review. Because people actually do that for for Zach and Jess, I've noticed. You know? <laughs> I, we do
3: kind of everything every week. Go, please do this for us, too. So, yeah.
0: Th- th- it helps. Help us out with that. And, and honestly... I can't say that uh, our notoriety was the reason Scott came and joined us. I will probably won't say that on that podcast. But <laughs> Wait, you told but, me you
3: had 5 million subscribers coming in every day. Is this
0: not true, Taylor? <laughs> I think it's the truth. I think if you get more ratings and reviews, you get better guests, right? <laughs> since scott is already like top 10 we can get the other top 10 you guys top nine
3: for god's sake make taylor's life less sad and make me not the most important guest on his show that makes me sad there are better people out there <laughs> they will talk
0: oh god all right we're, we're gonna get all right.
3: <laughs> thanks for having all me right, Taylor. thank
0: you scott thank you everybody for listening we will talk to you next time on the island <laughs>